and welcome to the DM's Book Club, a podcast where we read about some Dungeons & Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our role-playing campaigns. Um, hello? Yes, it's morning. Hi. <laughs> my name- <laughs> I, again, behind the Have you written that down? I'm watching you and you're looking down as the- if the, <laughs> the opening passage is the most important thing we say on this podcast. Yes, absolutely. People well, I've got- love the free-flowing Fiona. They love the, yes. the wit and the... You know, but I, I, so I had that first line is at the top of every single one of my notes, and then I have nothing. If anything, I should put now, should put in big letters, improvise, and I forget yeah. every single time. Yeah. So, because obviously, I have to go, and with me, as always, it's my co host, Ryan, and then I turn to you to fill in the awkward <laughs> silence. So, hi, Fiona, insert humor here. How are you humor. doing today? Ah, banter, banter, banter. Yeah, banter, <laughs> I'm doing really well. <laughs> Good. I'm oh. doing fine as well. It, it is really funny because we've done enough of these now that you form a sort of autopilot. And there's at no point have either of us ever sat down and gone, right, here's the script for the start. But you, you can't help but get into a bit of a pattern with it. So mm. you find yourself opening it in the same way over and over and over and over and over. And I've realized I just don't have a pattern. So you you do so well. Like I, I tend to have just randomly started just babbling at the beginning of but, mine but you so. do it so well because i yeah. i falter after the first sentence and you just carry on and eventually we get there and i think that's better, <laughs> better. is it, is yeah, it? I, if, if you were driving and you were like right i need to get from point a to b but ryan's taking us to c d and e before he gets there oh. and we're all travel sick and we've run out of petrol ryan I, of course i wouldn't let you drive don't be silly but <laughs> that's true that's fair that's very fair ryan what are we doing today what is our topic of choice just like my speeches, sometimes mm-hmm. getting from point A to point B can be a confusing and difficult process, right. especially if you find yourself, I don't know, with a limb hacked off or maybe with your head dismembered. These mm. things get very confusing. And for us mortal, pathetic, terrible humans, it can tend to be the end of the road. Mm. It is a bit of a problem with DMs, generally speaking. If the party comes and chops the head off a creature that you want them to fight, generally speaking, that's encounter over, especially if they have like a Vorpal sword or something. Like that. Mm. I, I call the Vorpal sword, by the way, the DM's bane. That thing <laughs> ruin your campaign with one natural 20 and suddenly all of the potions of giant, fantastic, magical escape that you've given them to really put that storyline together just don't work because it's just absolutely horrible. So, so let's say you want to put something into a campaign that the players right. can't dismember in one go. Sounds something good. Something big and scary and full yeah. of limbs and mm. definitely isn't someone you know. It is a troll. <laughs> Trolls are the classic... Mm. just they span beyond D. they go to fairy tales mm. world over of these things that live under bridges and are big and scary and most importantly eat children and normally the things that happen with trolls D's kind of probably stepped away from that a little bit and have given that one to the oni who is a terrifying creature oh, in God. itself Ugh. i know yeah if you want to go trolls and steroids onis are just yeah they even come with a rhyme in the book and if anything comes with a rhyme you know that's a difficult thing to deal with but that's onis and that's not trolls i'm getting sidetracked again trolls are in DD these horribly chaotic evil mercenary come just plain hungry nasty pieces of work that will kill maim and eat everything they can serve under pretty much everyone that wants to pay for them but will kind of do their own thing and most importantly they regenerate which is the defining point of trolls world over now 
we had trolls in D&D 5th edition from day one. They came in the monster manual and there was a whole one page on them, which I thought <laughs> was really sad because they're only challenge rating five, which is beautifully terrifying if you throw them against low-level players, which I would always advise you do. Give mm. them a bit of a scare. They always love it when, mm. oh, yes, my awesome character. I throw the dart at the troll and it does four damage. And then I bonus action, it does another four damage. And you're like, yay, wonderful. And now it regenerates. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, um, no. <laughs> exactly. But they weren't, oh, they didn't get that itch. You know, it describes them as mm. serving giants. And when anything serves giants, you're like, okay, well, you need to be able to stand up to a giant. And a challenge rating five troll, this thing with 20 constitution, which is a huge amount of constitution. Yeah only has 84 hit points. I mean, ugh, terrible. <laughs> so we were very happy because Mordekainen, yes, his Tome of Foes came along with three whole more pages of trolls, which if you're looking for more trolls, having triple the troll, oh, that's wonderful. Triple the so troll, got triple the fun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A triple troll. That's our motto, yeah. <laughs> exactly. The troll was was cut in half and it grew back into one more troll. And then oh. that happened again and again oh. and again. So we've now got lots of different options for trolls. And more importantly, we have options for really nasty trolls. So mm. we're going to have a bit of a troll day. We're going to go through them and talk about them and have a think about how you should put them into your campaigns because you like to throw things into your campaigns that characters can't kill. So it's so bizarre because again, because now you've got your camera on, all I can see is your happy face as you're telling me all these horrible, <laughs> horrible things. <laughs> For the audience, just imagine Ryan Reynolds smiling. That's that's the impression you need to get to. Yeah, yeah. And definitely not like a younger Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trolls. Interesting one. Like you said, they just always around and again that figment of sort of uh, fairy tales and like this idea of an unending or uncontrollable hunger i just imagine like spirited away where people are just eating and eating and eating and it just they just get bigger and bigger and bigger and it's just quite horrific that it's never satisfied and mm. what I, I also liked in the monster manual talked about them being very difficult control because they can do as they please mm. even when working with more powerful creatures so like you said you think if they're working with like giants or ogres or etans or hat any of these sort of creatures the power dynamics between them must be like something to consider i guess because obviously if you like okay now we've brought a troll you know the thing is like mm. there's a troll in the dungeon there needs to be a reason why they're being used and they're not stupid per se like they, they may be low-witted but they're still like you know a fearsome thing that you can't necessarily outwit so mm, excited. like a, a dumb mercenary it's that really difficult and interesting subcategory mm. of evil villain that is somebody that could be paid and is paid via bribes threats or other treasure that it deems to be worthy mm. but again intelligence seven wisdom nine this thing, it's not, as you say, it functions. I, I've seen players with much worse stats than that. Hey. Perfectly good campaigns. <laughs> hey, no, no, your player, don't believe anything that she <laughs> says on this. I, don't, I haven't never seen a character sheet she's produced with less than like 12 as a stat. So. No, I've, yeah, I have. I've, I mm. use standard array when you, when I, all the time, and you go, no, we like to roll. And I'm like, all right, oh, wow, look. <laughs> I've gone over. Whoops. Well, look, my weighted dice have done it again. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. But it's one of those things where they're, they're, they are definitely malleable and manipulatable, which is a word, a definitely. Word. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you come across one, you are just as likely to be able to bribe it into not attacking you because it does have a bit of intelligence. If you were to choose, chances are you'll probably just want to kill it because, you know, players mm -hmm. like to have a good scrap. But there we go. 
Why don't we just dive straight in? What kind of trolls are we looking at here today? So, as I say, page 291 of the Monster Manual has the standard basic troll, which gives you all the stats that you need to throw one into your party. The things you need to kind of take away from trolls generally is that they are large giants. So they count as giants. They do not count as humanoids or monstrosities. So when players are using spells, remember that. If it's got, you know, four limbs and stands upright, doesn't necessarily mean it's a humanoid. So things like charm person, nope. That's not going to work for you. Um, I've seen that one done a few times, and it's worth bearing that one in mind. They are not that perceptive, but they do have advantage on perception checks that rely on smell. So make sure your players have bathed recently. They will find you. Actually, no, even bathing would be a bad idea because mm. the lavender on your breath, mm. on your breath, why would you be drinking bath water? That's I, horrifying. That is thought. horrifying. But also, I guess... <laughs> I guess trolls eat anything. So they're like, oh, yes, mm. lavender-flavoured humanoids. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Sleep better. They <laughs> have a multi-attack, which is good. Generally speaking, all the trolls we're going to talk about have a multi-attack based on whatever limbs they have at their disposal, which is a worrying sentence that will make much more sense as we go through it. Mm. So basic one has a multi-attack that it can attack with its bite and its two claws. So... Again, it's quite simple. It's got a nice standard to hit. Whenever a creature has multiple attacks and they have different to hits because some are dex and some are strength and other bits, as a DM, you just roll your eyes and go, oh, here we go. I've got to check it every time. But a nice <laughs> plus seven, that's good. If your party's wandering around with 13 to 16 AC, that's good. You're going to hit them more often than not. So that's okay. Some nice, decent damage and a regeneration which is the, again, the defining point of trolls generally. 10 hit points at the start of its turn back, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that is less than a minute for this troll with 84 hit points. Is it? No, just over a minute. Maths, morning. It's a minute and a half for a troll to go from basically one hit point to full hit points if you leave it out of combat. So if it runs mm. away and you're like, oh, we've beaten it back, within, as you say, like, a mm. very small space of time, 15 rounds or so, it will be back on full health, full burst. Mm. So <laughs> be careful about that. It regenerates every turn unless it takes acid or fire damage. Again, the mm. type of troll is a little bit interesting when it when you determine how that works. But the, the general idea is that acid and fire can stem and cauterize the wounds of the troll, basically stopping it from regenerating. Regeneration is an interesting traits anyway not only just on trolls because i always get the last bit wrong so it says like the creature or the troll only dies if it's hit by a attack that deals 10 or more fire or acid dice whilst the, the troll is at zero hit points so does that mean and this is me being stupid that it's at zero hit points it can still regenerate if it's not been mm. hit by stuff so like it could be down absolutely but then absolutely the, yeah so what tends to happen and i've seen this done a few times and i think this is how i would do it as well is you would and this only tends to work once before your players cotton on to it but you have a fight the character standing over it with the sword is brandished and described the epic death as it kills the troll and it's slain dead on the floor and you're like right well what are you all doing and then they're like, oh, yes, well, they start talking to each other. And you're just like, just by the way, what are you doing? Like, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. So um, at the start of its next round, yeah. <laughs> you guys have all just stood there doing nothing but talking. It now has 10 hit points. It stands up and attacks you again. And suddenly, you, that's the way you do it. So, so specifically, mm. even if you chop this thing's head off 
or you do so much damage to it that it is um there's the rule of having massive damage in D&D where you take it beyond negative max health. Mm. So it's got 84 health. So somehow you took it beyond negative 84 in one hit. It would still come back. You can only kill this thing if it doesn't regenerate. So specifically, you have to kill it to zero and also inflict fire or acid damage on it. A really interesting thing, if your party don't have access to those two elements yes i assume people majority of parties would have access to fire in some Mm. respects because they will obviously like have oil flasks and be able to like torches but even if if you didn't acid i yeah very rarely do because obviously we've talked about this before where we're like poison and acid damage it's like you get to a point where like well we don't need it anymore because we're either resistant to it or everything we fight is resistant to it so i just Mm. i just felt that was really interesting because i thought how often do you have a flask of acid on you Mm. really so yeah interesting it helps to be that person in the party that does collect the alchemical fires and the vials of acid and bits like that because these are the sort of things where you're thinking oh well i've got this jar that's 100 gold and it does 2d4 damage yay i might as well have just sneezed on somebody at my level and it probably would have done more damage but (laughs) it does it does help it really really adds up and most importantly radiant damage doesn't have the same effect so those cheeky paladins can't smite these things into oblivion Mm. It's all the better for that. We have our classic troll, you know, the troll under the bridge, the troll in the forest. What what other types of trolls could we have then? So the idea behind trolls is that if you deal damage to them, they regrow. Specifically, if you chop a limb off, it doesn't really feel pain in the same way. Trolls are quite unbothered by wounds, pain and attacks generally because they know, say, their arm was chopped off they could simply take the arm and reattach it to their flimsy stump and it would just regrow effectively, Mm. reattach itself. Even still, the limb will regrow after about an hour, just from nothing. Trolls can absolutely bring them back. But that regeneration, that incredibly fast metabolism and, and regenerative structure to the body causes them to be highly unstable. Unstable is the DM's favorite word, because as soon as unstable comes in, you're like, ah, well, what sort of unstable? And this is where Mordekainen comes in. So we're looking at pages 243 to 245, Mm -hmm. which gives some descriptions of trolls that have had their forms totally changed or altered somehow because Mm. of the fact that either that regenerative ability was changed or made extreme in some way, or something happened to their cause of death that has changed the way they regenerated permanently. Generally speaking, if something happens to a troll that effectively influences the way it comes back, it's not good for Mm. you because they get tougher. And the first description of that, which, which is the beautiful picture that you are like greeted with as soon as you come into this section Mm -hmm. is a dire troll. So what do you think of that picture? It's just, how would you describe it? Uh, How would I describe it? It's, uh, well, a nightmare, obviously. Um, I'm I'm sure I've had meetings with this person. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, just to describe it, it is a a, a sort of a green, fleshy, sort of really tall humanoid with many heads, several limbs, like several limbs, like arms coming out of limbs. I think on one, on the right, the furthest left uh, arm, there's like fingers coming out of like the forearm, which makes me feel Mm. really sick because like, what is the point of those? and then obviously faces like in the stomach and the torso area yeah it doesn't look happy i've got to be honest it looks like it's not had its morning coffee no it looks it looks pretty pissed off with life doesn't it yeah yeah 
the idea about these these sort of trolls is that once the damage to a troll becomes so extreme and they have to regenerate themselves back from a sort of crazy level, they come back in in sort of warped and, and weird ways. So a dire troll is a troll that has had huge damage to it and it is embraced cannibalism to some mm. extreme, either because it has been killing other trolls and eating them or more generally speaking, because it's decided to take amateur surgery just up as a hobby. Yeah. And those open wounds on its body caused by either fighting or getting into scraps or, you know, or even more worrying, self-inflicted wounds, mm. it has decided to start surgically attaching other things to its body, specifically the limbs, heads, or organs. Mm. I love the word of organ there, yep. of other trolls. So once this troll starts to go, right, okay, I've got this huge wound on my shoulder and my fellow troll has died, I'm just going to take its head and mm. stick it on my shoulder. Suddenly, hey, presto, mm. you have a troll with two heads. Say a limb was chopped off, the arm came off at the joint, and they're like, well, I'm going to stick mine on, but actually, why don't I just stick on another troll's arm at the same time? Hey, presto, now I have two arms coming out at the side of this. And that embracing of that cannibalistic, just troll-fueled regeneration, mm. it begins to get chaotic and wild. And soon you find that the wounds inflicted on the torso and on the legs start growing teeth and have faces and oh. extra muscles and extra, you know, musculage and, and, and just general sinew begins to grow in places. And before you know it, it's it's a lot bigger. I mean, these things are huge rather than, than large, which means mm -hmm. they're, you know, pushing up 20 feet now. And they get hilariously strong. Yeah, plus six, isn't it, on the uh, strength score. The line that got me in this was like, you know, obviously that you said organs. It's like multiple eyes, arms, uh, claws, etc. And now you've just said teeth. Oh, I can't remember what, uh, what the name of it was, but when people have excess calcium, like growing places around their skin so they just get teeth on their knuckles and and mm -hmm. eyes you know that's what i'm imagining so i guess for me like one thing is like oh yeah it's got lots of heads and stuff but the, the idea of like squishing on extra eyes just randomly almost like tattoos or extra pointless like mouths that don't go anywhere that's horrifying yeah. so I'd, I'd definitely be using that a lot more than possibly an extra head or two because i guess that's the more traditional way of thinking about it but yeah it's horrific just thinking yeah. about it there it really is. It really is horrifying. And to basically, to put it in perspective, a dire troll mechanically is very similar to a regular troll. The difference is now it's challenge rating 13 and it comes at you with a lot more limbs. Yeah. It really does shake them around a bit, like mm -hmm. it was on the dance floor in the 70s. It is absolutely <laughs> hell for leather with these things. It's mm -hmm. got 172 hit points. Keen senses, regeneration as well. Interestingly, the regeneration is 10 points still, mm -hmm. which is, um, you know, it, it doesn't get any better. I've seen creatures in this book, especially vampires, for instance, that have 20 regeneration as opposed to 10. So it doesn't get any stronger. But the thing is, is that it's almost got like, um, you know, that sort of effect where you can do half of it on a fail save or like mm. a pass save or something. Now it regenerates five hit points still if it takes acid and fire damage, and you can only kill it if you bring it to zero hit points and also do 10 or more fire and acid damage. So even you know putting your flaming torch to the wounds is not enough to keep this thing down. You need to really incinerate it or really burn it. Mm -hmm. uh, its attacks are stronger. Now it's plus 11 to hit, and it's got five attacks because five it's got attacks. one bite, I know, and four claws. 
And to put that in perspective, those five attacks do, on average, 10 and then 16 damage four times on average when they hit. So that's about 70 damage per round. So this thing can get a bit nuts. Plus, it has a recharge ability, my favorite as a DM, because Mm. you can put the fear of God into a party at the beginning of the fight and then watch if it never recharges ever again. (laughs) Yeah. Each creature within a 10 feet of the troll must make a dex 19 saving throw. 19 is bloody hard. If you don't have proficiency in that, you're failing that throw. Uh, taking 44 slashing damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. It's pretty nonsense. It's very fun. It does a lot of damage, but they're not maneuverable, really. They've got 40 feet, but they can't fly. They can't really, they don't have ranged attacks. You know, intelligence nine, these things are not clever, particularly. Mm. So with a bit of intuitive and a bit of intelligence, the party should be able to deal with them, but still scary. I'm good because I'm being very silly about this. So obviously, ideally, you'd use the multi-attack all the time because that gives you the most damage in the turn if you were playing this. But the whirlwind of claws, is that like, you could you do both of those, a multi-attack and a whirlwind of claws, or could you only do one or the other if you recharge so in, it? Yeah, interestingly, this is this is any stat block in the, in the monster manual. It can get confusing, especially with spellcasters, but where it says actions... Anything below that point, each one of those technically is its own separate action. So I could, in theory, use an action to use bite as a troll, and that's all that it does that turn. It doesn't do anything else. I could do claws, and it makes one claw attack. It's just that multi-attack is a thing in the monster manual for DMs to use that effectively upscales creatures to give them the equivalent of like a multi-attack or like a sort of extra attack that players have. So if it's got multi-attack, you use that instead of the bite or the claw action. And then it basically is like, now you can do five things instead of one. Mm -hmm. But the multi-attack is its own separate action, just like the claws is its own separate action as well. So if you use the whirlwind of claws, you can't then multi-attack on top of that. In the same way that if you had a dragon, for instance, with a breath weapon or ability to cast a spell or the ability to make a melee attack, multi-attack or whatever it is, you can do one of those things. Mm. The only time that rule is broken is if you've got legendary actions, which... Yep. you can add in by the way if you ever want to add legendary actions into a creature it's fairly easy to do just give it three extra one-off attacks per turn and increase the challenge rating by two generally speaking it's a pretty good rule i guess for me because I, I rarely well soon will be using creatures that do have these things and i again we talked about this before it's like where you know if you're doing like an ideal like opening round which one would you do first and i guess you would use world winner claws first because it has that very high dexterity saving throw where you know you just it's an all-out thing and then people i guess go in close to try and attack it and then you use the uh, multi-attack but again i don't know i feel like again because i guess it's a one-off and it doesn't do as much damage as multi-attack why would you not just use multi-attack all the time yeah it it depends on i I think as a dm you've got to look at it from a what's around the creature at that time if if you've got a a party that have a bunch of melee people so there's a paladin of rogue and a fighter all surrounding the troll all doing melee damage suddenly the whirlwind of claws that's not 44 damage that's 44 times by three Mm. because it will hit each one of them so it will be a better option for you but you're right if you're fighting a barbarian for instance in one-on-one combat the, the whirlwind of claws may not be 
the best thing. Mm. It also depends on how the creatures are. If somebody's playing a really, really undexterous plate armored person with 22 AC, for instance, say they were a half elf paladin with a, like an hour plus two shield and plus one plate armor. And you're like, why did I give them that much AC? That's horrifying. <laughs> and these plus 11 attacks can't hit because then they use shield on you and suddenly their AC is 28 and it's just impossible to diff. Like that's the nonsense. A DC 19 deck save may be a better way to get around that because, mm. you know, it's just they don't have as high a deck save. So as a DM, you can use a little bit of intelligence if you want, but it's kind of your choice. It's good to know because, again, I, I wasn't really sure because I've never really come across that before. Obviously, like you said, it makes sense with, like, creatures when it's an actual breath weapon. But I guess for me, thinking of, like, woven of claws, it's, like, it's still, to me, it's the same thing action as like fighting with claws so yeah so no different mechanics though but the one to keep an eye out for a spellcasters say you had an evil supervillain the vampire that could cast spells and they appear at random points in a campaign the, casting spells for instance is an action it, 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 so mm. that is something that would take away say a bite or a claw attack or a multi-attack so you can't use one and the other in the same turn so that's when you would rely on legendary actions for instance to get around to that cool good to know <laughs> Dire trolls, terrifying. What next? So they're actually the the most difficult of assortments. They're quite simple because they're just straight up in your face, scratchy, scratchy. But the other trolls are just as fun. The rot troll is one of the most horrifying pictures that I've ever seen because in the yeah. same way that some people find extra limbs and Cthulhu-esque, like drawing terrifying, and other people hate, again, we've spoken about this, that natural condition where you hate like holes and things, the natural assortment of like, you know, wasps nests and and that sort of hive network. Sort of, and, yeah, the honeycomb, yeah. Yeah, I forget what that's called, but yeah, uh, my wife let's, has Let's it not say it so people don't look it up. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really horrible. But one of mine is exposed muscle. Like I find mm. that really horrifyingly, just either I would rather see a skeleton or I'd rather see skin. I don't want to go that middle. Interesting, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you seen the mummy where he's like half regenerated and like all his yeah. limbs and sinew is all out? And no. oh. Well, my, both my parents were doctors, so we'd always have those, you know, medical drawings around the house of, you know, here is a human head, here are all the muscles. You know, it's all drawn. You're like, this is not natural to be around, like, <laughs> as a teenager growing up. It's like, this is disgusting. But yes, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And a rot troll is effectively a troll that has embraced that necrosis, that breaking down of its own regeneration. Specifically, if it was killed or infused with waves of necrotic energy at the point where it was regenerating. So as it basically the body withers away and it was trying to regrow, all that it got was necrotic energy it's the one troll that doesn't really regenerate at all if anything it's gone the other way now it is actively breaking down Mm -hmm. and rot trolls add a little bit of a twist to the general oh jump in and kill the the rot troll it's got a lot of health it's got 138 it's got three attacks it's got its bite and its multi-attack with the two claws on top of that nice plus eight to hit so generally speaking it's like a troll but its challenge rating is nine because it has rancid Degeneration, degradation, yes. de- no, degeneration. Degeneration. You got it. <laughs> second time. Answered degeneration. Oh, dear. At the start of each of the troll's turns, each creature within five feet of it takes 11 necrotic damage, unless the troll has taken acid or fire damage since the start of last turn. Mm. That's your favorite. Oh, you've got a melee person in right next to you. Oh, well, it's constantly taking necrotic damage now because the thing is rotting away and yes. like bits of skin and muscle keep falling on the person and, you know, burning them. And, mm. 
oh, fun yeah. fun. Yeah, it talks about like again the little paragraph of description, like as the troll's body withers, its flesh falls away as quickly as it forms. Again, that image in your head, oh, terrifying. And yeah, like the idea of like an aura or something just next next to it. So like, yeah, you, you need to get close to it, otherwise, you know, to hit it. Oh yeah, horrible, horrible creature. But but yeah. easy enough again, like you're saying, like with the multi-attack, it's just free attacks to remember and stuff. So it's I mean compared to like the the diatrol, it's a little bit easy to go, but even a little bit more disgusting. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, with anything like uh all the trolls have a start of turn ability, even it's regeneration or some sort of, as I say, degeneration that's mm. going on. So when you're tracking initiative, I would advise you just buy whatever the troll is on, on your initiative tracker, just write start of turn activity or whatever it may be in mm-hmm. big letters so you can't miss it. Um, even put that on the line above where the troll is, is a really good way of doing it as well. So you're like, okay, right, I've gone from party member one, party member two, uh, regeneration, and then try, oh, what's that mean? Oh, right, yeah, there it is, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, there's nothing that you need to forget. Um, it's also good at end of turn uh, abilities as well. Just put them as a separate thing in the tracker just below. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Works really well there. All right, yeah, fairly straightforward. We've had the dire troll, we've had the rock troll. Where else can we go with trolls? Well, let's take the body away entirely. And okay. we're going to go to spirit trolls. Now, the idea behind a spirit troll <laughs> is that they have been blasted with psychic energy uh, mm-hmm. at the point where the, this thing starts to regenerate. It basically means that the mind will survive, but the body is blown away. And as it regenerates, even without the troll noticing, it becomes incorporeal, it becomes ghostly, and effectively becomes as insubstantial as shadow. Basically, you've got a ghost troll. Yes. It's effectively what a spirit troll is. Yeah, I don't like these. <laughs> I, I think I was okay with dire trolls, with like extra limbs, fine. Uh, rock trolls, I get it. I feel these are really silly. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just you got to way? that point where you're like, oh, you got to that point, you're like, okay, what's the worst thing we can imagine? I know, ghost trolls. I, I just, it's like if you've ever watched like a Doctor Who, it's like Russell T. Davis, where you run out of ideas and go, I know, a reality bomb. And you're like, oh, for God's sake. Like, yeah. like it's just, it's just elevated it and heightened it to the point where it's like, when is this ever going to be relevant? I, I, I guess a ghost troll, when is that ever going to be relevant? That, yeah. That's in my head is what it is. Well, let me tell you, anything that deals psychic energy tends to be stuff that comes from the underdark because that mm. tends to be the sort of thing. So if you're running a campaign with illithids, mind flares, this could be exactly the sort of thing that they have captured and they have been subjugating to their mind flare-esque horrifying mm-hmm. maybe the thing's brain has been eaten repeatedly because it keeps regenerating um oh, for God. food um and it's been dealt psychic damage maybe the durgar have got to it maybe even the gif have got mm-hmm. to it and they're the ones that killed it because the troll took some artifacts for the gif then decided to steal mm-hmm. for their own devices all of these things that I think it is pretty much all have been your topics, V. So, you know, this is your perfect person. I think I draw the line that's at ghost trolls, I guess. That's my thing. But you're, you're completely right. All these things are valid. I guess the line that gets me is that the troll might be unaware of its transition. It still moves and attacks with teeth and claws, but it now strikes at the victim's mind. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. a, quite a powerful sentence, I guess. But for me, it's just like one step too far. But it's you're a very right. silly sentence. It I is agree silly with sentence. you there. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that strikes at a victim's mind is just going to be troll. 
trouble. But uh, <laughs> they actually mechanically work mm. very much like regular trolls. Um, they don't have a fly speed. They simply move around, challenge hitting 11. The differences come with the fact that they now deal psychic damage as opposed to bludgeoning or slashing damage. So mm. that is something that might get around uh, parties defenses such as if they're, they're raging as a barbarian for instance psychic damage tends to be the one that always gets through and the bite attack now mm. has a dc 15 wisdom save or stunned for one minute now that is incredibly effective that but it's stunning effective. oh yes stunning is instant crit so that's mm. pretty pretty good is that instant? no is it it's oh it's oh. pretty it, it at least takes actions away like it's a really effective yeah thing. it's it's a, it's a bad thing for your players but a good thing for you yeah. as a dm yeah yeah exactly it's it's pretty good they, they do get to save after out of it at the end of each of their turns but even if you take a turn away from a party member that's pretty effective it helps the spirit troll stay on terms mm. it can move three things in corporal movement is a dm's best friend because that is really really fun you're having a fight it can't win it just walks through the door it maybe climbs through the ceiling and disappears you know whatever these things it, it can escape or it can move through party members it can you know avoid traps this mm. thing can be really 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 intriguing it also regenerates which is always good. 10 points at the beginning of every turn, unless it takes psychic or force, force damage. damage. Mm. Exactly. Harder to do than you think, but there are some easy ones there, like Magic Missile or Eldritch Blast tend mm. to be some pretty good ones for force damage. Mm. Finally, the resistances and immunities on this thing, just like any good ghost, are hilarious. It has resistance to acid, cold, fire, lightning and thunder damage which is most element types and includes acid and fire which are your two traditional troll killers so if you were planning on having a bit of fun with it with acid and fire nope this nope. thing resists them specifically as well it is immune to bludgeoning piercing and slashing from non-magical attacks so basically any pc npc your party brought with you tend to be useless um condition immunities as well it can't be exhausted grappled paralyzed petrified pruned restrained or unconscious it can however be charmed so mm. that i always find as a you know it, it's it, technically this is not an undead it is a giant still mm. so it is still charmable which i find hilarious um so yeah there you mm. go there is yeah. a spirit troll and just because I quickly looked it up, a stunned creature is incapacitated, and it says, see the condition. But I was like, no, I'm not looking at that. Uh, can't move and can only speak falteringly. Creature automatically fails strength and dexterity saving throws, and attack rolls against creature have advantage. Yeah. So not crit. Wonderful. I think incapacitated as well means that the player loses concentration on spells immediately, because we yes. have that one come up again. Can't so. take actions or reactions. There you go. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's pretty fundamentally nasty. You're not going to get out of that one very easily. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. All right, all right. You've convinced me. Maybe there is a place in my world for spirit trolls, but but maybe we'll, we'll table that one for now. What is our final sort of troll that we are looking at today? Well, we've saved the best to last because this one <laughs> is that chubby, ugly, fat relative that always creeps around the edges of the funerals. You're oh, like, nice. I've never seen this person before. Uh, the Aunt Marge, yeah. <laughs> yes. They're greasy, they're bulbous, they have seven chins, and they seem to be scoffing down all the cakes and judging you. And whenever they come to you, they're the ones that desire three kisses on the lips. And you're like, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> 
horrifying. This is the Venom Troll. Now, Venom Trolls are trolls that have been ravaged by massive doses of poison. And the poison has sort of effectively been incorporated into the regenerative ability of the troll. Maybe it's replaced their blood. Maybe it's now covered in horrifying boils full of thick regenerating poison. Whatever it is, the thing has combined its love of being hurt with its love of being poisonous. And now it is a venomous, horrifying sack of fun is the best way. It's got huge gout-like limbs, an entirely full belly. The thing looks really fat. It's one of the most fun things to throw at a party because used well, this thing is an utter nightmare to fight. Poison leaks from its pores to coat its fangs and claws. And yeah, just looking at it, it looks like it will burst at any moment, this image. And the fact that, that yeah, you can actually see it actually leaking this liquid again. So describing that in a combat probably probably will indicate to your players that this is not going to go well for you if you stay nope. any, too, any closer. So. No, exactly. So differences between this and a regular troll. This is only challenge rating seven. And mechanically, up to a point, it's very similar. It's got a bite and two claws. It's got a little bit of poison damage on every hit. So for instance, a claw attack which is still a plus seven, so no different to a regular troll. It's got 2d6 plus four slashing damage, and then an extra d8 of poison damage. Again, the DM's favorite thing when a creature uses two different damage die on a single attack. It is a nightmare, because remembering how many of each dice you've got. Ugh. Also, any dice app you've got tends not to work when you've got two different dice to roll at the same time, so can't even use that. It's oh. just, just a nightmare. But... A little bit of poison damage when it hits, that's fine. Nothing too bad at the moment. It has a venom spray recharge ability mm. where it slices itself with a claw, releasing a spray of poison in a 15-foot cube. A cube is a cube that spans from the front of it centered on itself. So one of the faces of the cube is kind of like by your belly, effectively, and it spans mm. out. Imagine if a Teletubby could blast people with its oh. TV screen. That's exactly what we're dealing with here. This is oh. that sort of... Not yeah. Poe. Oh, no. I'm thinking exactly Poe. Poe is the one. <laughs> Poe is not to be trusted. Everyone takes DC 16 con save or takes 18 or 48 poison damage and is poisoned for one minute. Now... Damage is great. Damage is fine. Damage is how you're going to bring players down or at least give them the excitement of having a combat that's going badly for them. Poison is how you make them regret ever playing your game in the first place yeah. because poison gives them disadvantage on pretty much anything that matters to them, including attack rolls and saving throws and mm -hmm. I think ability checks as well. Yeah, uh, disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. So not saving throws. There you go. Not, so, apparently not. But again, all, all the important things in battle. So. Oh, so hitting this thing becomes a lot more difficult when you are attacking with disadvantage every time. It is absolutely horrifyingly annoying as a player. So that's good fun. They get to save out of it every turn. But that's fine. That's not even the best bit. We're not even excited about the fact that this thing is immune to being poisoned and poison damage, which, which is exciting. The regeneration, again, acid or fire damage stops it, and it is 10 hit points at the beginning of every turn. That's not even the most exciting thing. No, no, no. Poison splash. It is the ability that defines a venom troll and makes it super fun. When the troll takes damage of any type, not even melee damage, any type except psychic mm -hmm. i will guarantee your players will not be doing psychic damage because psychic damage spells tend to be a bit rubbish <laughs> each creature within five feet of the troll takes nine poison damage or 2d8 so let's imagine that we've started the combat mm -hmm. and your two melee characters your paladin and your barbarian have run over 
to this troll and they're beginning to fight it. They're having a bit of a scrap and suddenly the ranged NPCs come in and go, we'll help start bombarding <laughs> it with longbow arrows from a no. distance. Every time this thing gets hit, <laughs> poison sprays from this thing doing 2d8 damage, 2d8 damage, 2d8 damage every single time. Mm. And suddenly before you know it, those melee characters are like, no, 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 no. Stop, Stop it. Stop. <laughs> We're going to run away now. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, the things we're generating still. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's absolutely disgustingly nasty. It can do a huge amount of damage. And actually, especially if, because it's, it's one thing to remember as well, as a DM, you don't necessarily always have to take the actions in the monster manual. Normally, as long as the creature can actually do these things, any of the actions identified in the player's handbook can also be taken the dash the dodge the disengage mm. action all of those things mm -hmm. including grapple attacks as well so say you wanted to use a claw attack to make a grapple check instead that's totally fine in fact actually this thing can do two of them because it's got two claw attacks so mm. you could try and grapple a player with an attack of opportunity attack as the troll goes no no where you're you going here with me now exactly and then you realize this thing has 18 strength and is not going to let you go easily it can be hilarious it's a very fascinating one to look at like you said like the poison splash the venom spray again that that idea of the troll slicing itself down its torso and just exploding this sort of this cube it's a horrific sight. So I just, yeah, everything about it. I, I actually prefer this one over all of them. And I was just looking at like the AC of them. They're, they're not hard, necessarily that hard to hit. You know, they, they have tough skin, maybe natural skin. The lowest mm. is, well, both the Venom and the Diatroll are 15 AC. And then beyond that is you've got 16 with the Rot Troll and then Spirit Troll, which makes sense because there's no bodies of 17. So it's not necessarily, I guess, because obviously they're all slightly higher challenge ratings as well by the Venom Troll. It's, it, you know, you're going to have, your characters are going to hit them. But that just means the damage that is in sort of ensued as a result from you know, hitting certainly with the venom troll is just you're just going to have more and more damage, and so they have to be yep. a bit more careful when playing it. So yeah, exactly, exactly. As I say, yeah, venom troll is not actually that much harder, but I think it's I think it's harder than a rot troll to be honest. Mm. I think the two of them probably should have been mixed together or swapped together with the venom troll having the rot troll stats and and having it the other way around because the rot mm. troll challenge rating nine i mean that necrotic shroud is good but the every time you get hit poison splash is even more fun mm. so i think that's probably something they could have swapped but you know these yeah. things are fun these things are fun so out of all of these ryan again you kind of sort of said that which one would you say is your favorite that you would unleash in your campaigns more if you had the chance to I think I quite enjoy the Venom Troll. I really yeah. do enjoy that one. But if I was having to play another one, just mm. the simplicity of the Dire Troll, I think is quite terrifying. The Having that real melee bruiser that can force people into a DC 19 deck save, that's good fun. So I think it, it can do enough damage to be horrifying. It's got regeneration. It's mm -hmm. absolutely massive. So it's got big reach, reach of 10 feet on all of its attacks. Mm. Yeah, you can have a lot of fun with that. Everything else is just large, isn't it? Let me just check. Yeah, yes. all the rest of the lives, this is huge diet troll, like you said. Oh, brilliant. Well, I feel more informed about those people that are stalking me on the internet. 
I just assume that they're all like this now. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with trolls online. They regenerate unless you throw fire at them. So, so just true. whenever you get one, just comment back with flames and they will go away. It's it's just <laughs> just, the emo- just the emoji of flames. And hopefully mm. they don't take that in the wrong way. Uh, Ryan, what are you up to? Is there anything you'd like to plug other than your phone? Because you've made that joke at least twice now on this podcast. <laughs> I, I would never. I would never do such a thing. <laughs> that doesn't sound like my humor at all. Um, yeah, you can come and find me on the Ursa Ryan Discord or Turd, as everybody loves to call it. You, it. It is a brilliant place full of people that like to chat about primarily what I do in my in my sort of hobby time, which is play Civ Six. But we also have a lot of D and D chat and other chat about that sort of thing. So come and say hello. There's 500 people on it now, so you can come and discuss to your heart's content as to what you want about D&D. So yeah, come mm. find me. I will, and I will troll you with, with fire and flames. Uh, you to. You're an admin. You're supposed to be helping. I, I am helping by being silent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my name is Fiona. I run the What Am I Rolling podcast. It is a twice monthly RPG one-shot podcast. As always, it is doing very, very well. Uh, we uh, it's always good to hear. One of the episodes, uh, artifact that got released, is now uh, featured on the actual game store for the uh, for the game itself because the uh, game creator really enjoyed playing it and embedded Brilliant. it in their thing. So I was like, oh, that's very nice. That's uh, wonderful. Yeah, I was like, oh, great. So uh, yes, yeah, so that's been quite nice. Uh, got things coming up. Got uh, various streams. Yeah, things are just ticking along quite nicely. Gathered around the web, thus everywhere, oh, everywhere. But uh, always behind on my editing. So. Things things are fine. <laughs> if, if anybody was ever ahead of editing, I'd be worried. That's not That's something true. you can do. It's it's a terrifying prospect. That. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we will speak to you. We will talk to you in your ear holes next time. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.